The following is a teaching message from the chapel in Tiatatu. For more information about the chapel, please visit www.thechapel.org.nz. Well, it's a real blessing to be here. I was just reflecting today when I first met Brian. It was uh, an interesting time. We had a, a barbecue in Hamilton, which was kind of a launching pad for Praxis in, in New Zealand. And it was a lot of people there that just happened to be back in the right place. It was a real God event. And this guy sat next to me, was very friendly and chatted away. He said, oh, I'm Brian. And I thought, oh, okay. And then he gave me a free book. So I thought, this guy, I've got to get to know this guy. He's given me a free book. It was very good of him. He gave me Contagious Disciple Making by David Watson. And it's very much relevant to what we do. And it was, yeah, so it was a really good, that was five years back. So we, as Brian said, we've kept in touch. Um, yeah, so we're going to share a bit of our story. Uh, I wonder if somebody could just read a, couple, a passage of scripture out. Is that all right if you've got a loud voice? It's always good to have someone to read out the word. Uh, Luke 10, verses 1 to 7, because I'm going to be referring to that a few times. So if someone would like to do that, uh, I guess there's a mic here somewhere. We could give you a mic to speak in. Well, that, well, that contradicts the one I've got on, possibly, but... Anyone like to like to volunteer Luke ten verses one to seven? Cool. Not sure how that one goes on, but one to seven. Yeah. My wife Joy and I, who's going to share shortly, we went out in the mission field not as uh, youthful people. We went out at it when we were about fifty-ish. Um, so that in itself was quite different to people who normally sort of leap out there in their 20s or 30s. But, you know, God was definitely in it. And uh, we were really blessed that doors opened for us around a number of countries in Asia to share about disciple making and church planting in a very simple way that is reproducible. And um, so we kind of went to all sorts of nooks and crannies. We, we, we taught Burmese people. We went to India, different parts of India, different, uh, a particular place in China we, referred, we went back to a number of times, Cambodia. So it was really a, an exciting journey. But uh, then, and so in the latter part of our time there, as of about 2013, we, we we were based in Thailand, but we had no ministry up until that time. So for five years, it was just a good place to live. It's right in the middle of Asia. You can go anywhere from there very easily by air. And so we were very blessed to meet a couple in northeast Thailand, which you will see up there. So if I press this button, I think the pointer, does that work? Brian's told me all this here. It's already, already gone out of my head, but maybe that one or that one. Anyway, don't worry. Ah, switching it on. That's always a good start. So there uh, we go. So northeast Thailand, is this, this couple lived over there, and 22 million people live there. I mean, it's almost the size of Australia's population, and yet the percentage of Christian, as you'll see, is just minuscule. And they were just so open to this training. I mean, I was quite surprised, because I thought you would share it, and one or two people want to do it, but they were just riveted. And it was just the message for them at that time. And so they had a heart for this, 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 this 
corner of, of Thailand where no one goes. If you go to Thailand, probably a number of you have been there as tourists, you, you're very unlikely to have ever gone there because it's flat with rice fields and there's not much to see really. <laughs> but it's, uh, but you know, that, that's the place that God put them right in the middle of that area. So we were really blessed that they took it on and they have seen disciples made in a number of parts of Thailand, not just where they live. They really have apostolic vision. So, uh, so that's the next slide, which is, so we do, we've been doing these trainings. That's one I did about four weeks ago. So we were there for 10 years. We came back and then we've done these trips since, but I hadn't done a trip there for a number of years until February. So that was right there in Northeast Thailand. Um, and this couple uh, here, uh, busy baptizing somebody, uh, this, this key, so there's a guy on the right and a lady on the, sorry, the guy on the left and a lady on the right. They, they, they are the key couple that we work with, that we keep in touch with them regularly. So uh, we were just thrilled to see them take it on. And when I first went to this area, uh, God gave me a scripture. And it was just so clear, Psalm 24, 7 to 8, be lifted up your heads. O ye gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory might come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. And I just saw like these ancient doors, because over there, it's a Buddhist country. There's Buddhist temples all over the show, and they have these old doors. And it's just like seeing those doors open up, and Jesus the King coming through the door. And it was very, very clear. So while they've seen fruit, they've also had many spiritual battles because the enemy doesn't give up easily. So they've had seen people come in and then there's been cults and all sorts have come and attacked them. And this, but they, they've got great vision and they keep going and, and, and they actually their, their uh, reach has reached right around the country and beyond. So... Uh, a real key in what we've seen there is, is God using ordinary people to do his work. So when Brian was sharing on that earlier, that sort of just was a perfect segue into this because, you know, God, we found, loves to use people who often don't think they can do anything to do his, they, they do his work. Uh, when I was looking, we were looking back at that earlier slide, you'll see I had another small box. <laughs> That's the Burmese border region, so they have a link to that area. And a lot of Burmese people have fled from the fighting in Burma. Burma has a war that's gone on for 60 years, the longest running war in the world. At various levels, it's gone up and down. At the moment, it's up. So there's a lot of strife there. And so people lately have been fleeing over from there with nothing. And uh, workers semi-slave labourers in the fields. I mean, you know, they're pretty much exploited, I would say, because they're all informal uh, immigrants. So, but praise God, there's been a breakthrough there. So we've been really thrilled to see that. So here you'll see uh, on the left, there's some people responding. That was about a few months ago. On the right was the training I just did up there about three weeks ago. And most of those people in the picture are Burmese people, brand new believers, like they've only just come in the door the last month or so. So we're just really thrilled to see God working there. 
Um, so God loves to use ordinary people. And we see that in scripture, we, uh, that passage you just read, Luke 10. If, we, if you go a bit further, <laughs> Luke 10 verse 21, it says, it, it, it talks about that passage, Jesus sending out 70 people. It's not the 12, it's not the famous 12 that we all know, the 12 disciples. It's, it's another lot of people who we don't know the names of. They're the no names. Um, we don't hear of them since. But they were sent out and they did a job that Jesus gave them to do. They came back. How were they feeling? Anyone know? It says in the scripture, but see if you, just, if you know this story. What's that? Yeah, they came back full of joy. They were just really thrilled because they saw the power of God at work, that they could go out in the power of God. And, uh, and not only that, but a little bit further on in verse 21, Jesus was full of joy. Yet it's the only passage that really specifically says that, that he was just thrilled to see these new people coming back, reporting what they had done in his kingdom. So at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Spirit, Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you hid these things from wise and clever people and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Isn't that God, you know, that the people that think they know everything, God tends to think, well, there's a little bit too much pride over that over there. I think we'll just go for the humble, simple people that I can use. Because it's not really about us. It's about God in us, working through us. It's, that's, what, that's what matters. So it's his good pleasure to use ordinary people. So I'll tell you a couple of stories. It's always good to have stories. So this lady on the left, she is a very recent believer. I'd say at the beginning of the year she would not have known the Lord. It's only just like six weeks. Uh, she, uh, her family were what, our friends up there say sorcerers. Now, you know, you'd say spirit mediums probably. So although these Burmese people are nominally Buddhist, they really are spirit worshippers, but they don't see the spirits as dark. They see them as, if, if you do the right ceremonies, the spirits will help you. So that's their thinking. So, but she was thinking of going to a church. She must have heard something about the Lord. But uh, her mother said, oh, look, first of all, you better do a ceremony to the spirits just to sort things out with the spirits. We want to keep everything you know, sweet with them. So she went to do that, and of course big mistake because the enemy says right this lady's going to go out of my kingdom I'm not too happy about that so suddenly she's attacked by the spirits and she was in a coma for three days now they said she was dead I don't think she was literally dead but she was comatose not nothing doing and in that time a spirit came to her and said I've watched over you since you were three years old in a really sinister, dark figure. And it's much, she must have suddenly realized, oh, these things are actually evil. They're not our friends at all. So she screamed out. Now, at that stage, a pastor had come along, one of the pastors we worked with in the past. He was praying for her. And Jesus appeared to her. And she saw Jesus. She saw the man in white. And suddenly her heart was changed. And so she came out of that coma as they were praying for her. And uh, 
that's their new life. He knew, right, the spirits, I'm not going to touch them again. They're dark, they're bad. I'm following Jesus. And so her testimony was just, I don't know how she did it. She just shared with everybody, but like the woman at the well, you know, the lady of Samaria, just... So some of them, some people have told me 40 have come to the Lord. Some have said 50, I don't know, but lots of people have responded to her sharing and the pastor has already baptized some of them. So she is a, what we would call, as you read in Luke 10, she's a lady of peace. A person of peace receives the Lord, they share very joyfully and they'll also give you food actually <laughs> if you go to their house, which is nice. So... Uh, that's her story. The other lady, the other lady on the right, this one, she is in northeast Thailand, so she's over back where her friends live. She is a, a lady of about 80 years old. She came to know Jesus, and was, well, that was great. But before that, she was going to the Buddhist temple every, every daily to get food because she was very poor and they were feeding her. After she came to the Lord, they said, well, if you're going to follow Jesus, we're not going to give you food anymore. So it's like, that's, that's the big decision. Well, maybe I'll just go back. <laughs> I need food. But people said to her, well, do you really want to go back to Satan's kingdom? You've been in God's. You want to go back? And she, as she saw it, she thought, no, I don't really want to go back to, <laughs> to Satan's kingdom. That doesn't sound too good. So she had the faith to keep going and, and actually God did bless her financially. She did apparently, food came to, I don't know the whole story of that. But, but you know, she's, she's a simple lady. She, she couldn't read and yet here she is reading her Bible. Now nobody quite knows how she's been able to learn to read a Bible. It has to be God because there's no adult literacy programs in this part of the world, I can assure you. So... Uh, there she is reading her Bible, and she had, her whole family came to the Lord. She's reached out to others. So she's just a very ordinary person, but extraordinary in God. So praise God. Praise God for these amazing people. So, uh, you know, we, I think, you know, what Brian shared before is just perfect for what I'm saying, you know, that we all have reasons why we think God can't use us. You know, we, we're either too young, we're too old, I mean, you know, we went out in our 50s, which is with our disabled daughter, which was, we were already, we were told by a Thailand expert, you, you will never get anywhere bringing a, an intellectually handicapped child into Thailand. But it was God, you know, and it actually went right. Um, you know, we often think we're not well enough, we're not gifted enough, you know, we don't know enough Bible or whatever. God's bigger than all that, you know. I can absolutely assure you of, of that, that God's bigger than that. So I, I remember Hudson Taylor. Who's heard of Hudson Taylor? Yes, veteran missionary to China, long gone now, but back in the 1800s, he went out there and basically he opened up China for the gospel. You think what's happened in China since he was really the, the pioneer. I mean, there were others, but he really did open up that country more than anyone else. He said... Hudson Taylor, I've read his story, and man, did he go through some trials. But he said, I often think God must have been looking for someone small enough and weak enough for him to use, and he found me. Wow. Weak. I thought, man, that man's a giant, but that's how he saw himself. So, so what are the keys? What are the keys to 
to seeing now. I forgot what my next slide is. Oh no, that's coming up later. That's all right. What are the keys to seeing God using us? One is prayer. Um, I've more and more seen that. I mean, I, I was naughty years ago. I used to say, you know, I prayed, but I'd say, oh, no, Joy, she's really good at prayer, you know. I, I, I pray with her, but she's better at that than me. God really had to show me a lot of things. This is when I was in Thailand, actually. You need to be praying too, a lot more. Um, our friends in Northeast Thailand, they, they, they pray every morning from 5 to 6 on Zoom, and they have people come in. And When I was there a few weeks ago, I said, you only do that during the week, right? You wouldn't do it on the weekend. Oh, no, we do it every day. I think, wow, five to six every morning, every day. I was very impressed. <laughs> um, but two, so that's one thing, prayer. The, the second thing I would say is having a focus on the lost. Jesus came that he might seek and save the lost. You know, that, that, was, that was the reason he came. He was perfectly in that perfect place up there, but he came down to our messy place here called earth and because he had a heart for lost people and so god if you ask for a god will give you that heart you know i can testify and number three is the go go there has to be a going out in some form uh even if it's just to the people you know um luke 10 verse 3 which our friend read it's i think it's the shortest sentence in the english bible it just says go go <laughs> um the Great Commission says, therefore go. So I'll share you a little bit just to finish my story, and then Joy was going to share a little bit. I hope we're not going too late, Brian. Um, so my story is that you may look at me and say, oh, missionaries, that means you're an evangelist. I'm not an evangelist at all. In fact, I'm a teacher. That's my, that's my gifting. But if, if you said if there's 20 gifts, I would have said my, my evangelism is, is number 20. I mean, I would try and share it in a traditional way as I thought an evangelist would do it. You kind of give the four spiritual laws and you get them to say a sinner's prayer. I can never do that. I just get all tongue-tied. It just wasn't me. But over in Thailand, that was all right because, you see, the best people to reach the local people are the local people. And they do, they do, it, they do it much better than a foreigner would do it. But lo and behold, we came back to New Zealand and suddenly, oh, Actually, I'm the local person, so I can't get someone else to do that now. <laughs> it's me. It's us. And I've had to learn. Uh, it hasn't been easy, but God's done a really amazing thing. And uh, how, how would I put it? So I've lost my place completely. I think what I learned was that you really are the man of peace. You're looking for someone that God has already prepared because no one can come to God unless he draws them. That's what it says. There's a scripture that says that. So this person of peace who says, come into my house, have some food. I want to hear what you've got to share. But that's not our doing. That's, that's the work of the Spirit, isn't it? So what you do is you look for someone whom God is already stirring in. And so the, the last slide is the Mangari Bridge Market. That's where we live. That's our suburb. Every Sunday morning they have this market and we felt like we needed to go down there and just start to talk to people. And Joy will talk more about that, but um, I just found that, you know, just talking to people, being showing that I'm a spiritual person, they'll open up. Some do, some don't. If they don't, you don't worry. You don't, 
have to argue, because that was the part I always found hard, you know, trying to persuade. I don't think we really have to do that, because it has to be the Spirit of God working in people, but we look for those whom God is already working in. So we've, uh, one idea that came to us is we, we put some scriptures on cards. So, because the Word of God is powerful. And I've been amazed at people who will take scripture and actually even read it on the spot. And then we started to think, well, instead of just giving it to them, we put a little question at the bottom. What is God telling you from this story? So they can start to engage with God. I mean, they don't necessarily have to be a Christian at this stage, but they can read the word of God. And so I've been amazed who does it. We've given these to a Muslim lady who comes from Africa. Uh, She took it. She read it. See, I couldn't get much feedback from her. Her English wasn't great, but uh, I, I've given. We've we've talked to a disabled lady there in, in a wheelchair, who's very ill actually, and she she smokes cannabis now. She says it's for her pain. I don't know, but I think she rather enjoys it. Uh, so, uh, but you know, she's taken these cards. Um, we shared with a young couple. No, not young couple. Just a brother and a sister. They're they're teens and just just chatting and uh, he said he's going to a course. I thought, wow, he shouldn't be going to school still. He's that young. Actually, I found out it was a blue light course. I thought, "Uh uh-uh, okay, police, right, okay, you've been into trouble. (laughs) And that was pretty clear. But he took one of these cards, he read the story, and I was even able to get to the part, well, what's God telling you? And he he came up with something that God was telling him from the word of God. So you sow these seeds, you know, as you sow seeds, you may not be the person who, who gets them over the line later on, but there's a seed planted and God, the Holy Spirit can move on water, that seed. So that's what, this is all the learning curve we've been on, isn't it, Joy? So, uh, so I would just finish by saying, if I can do this, anyone can. Honestly, if I can do this, you can do it, because it's not me. But just got to be open to God. So, Joy. And... Yeah, my final point, I suppose, is that just doing the God's work is so rewarding. You know, if you want satisfaction, this is very, very satisfying. And uh, I can really tell you. Joy. Clip you there, darling. You can hear me? <laughs> oh, good. Okay. So I just share a little bit about uh, what God's done in my heart, really, um, because I was quite reluctant to go overseas. Um, but God made it so plain that, you know, if I didn't, I would be disobedient. And of course, I'm married to Keith. I kind of had to go. <laughs> but, you know, I really, um, you know, through going through those experiences of trusting God and going to various countries and seeing what God was doing. Uh, through the training, you know, God changes your heart. And, you know, I could see the value of his kingdom. Um, It was so different from my values. Um, And so it became like, you know, in Matthew 13, it became like discovering that treasure in the field or that pearl of great price. 
you know, the things that really, really, see you, the things that really, really matter, um, the things that are eternal, you know, became more, I could see them happening and I could um, experience what God was doing and so he changed, started changing my heart in that regard. I could value that more. Um, <laughs> so, you know, God sees things so differently from how we see them and he values things differently from how, what we value. You know, I valued security, my house, you know, things like that that aren't going to last, you know. They're not the things that are going to be eternal. Um, so we were used as seed sowers, you know, we were, sent to, we were sent to nooks and crannies all over Asia, but to his precious people, you know. We were protected and cared for, but it wasn't about us. It was about those precious seeds. His word being planted in people so that they would get his heart for the lost. And when we came back to New Zealand, well, how can we do this in New Zealand? You know, we've seen people, disciples making disciples over there in Asia. And they were doing it, you know, they were just farmers, they weren't, you know, they were highly educated. But we come back here, oh, we're the insiders, we're the people that live here. Can't, you know, as Keith said, we can't rely on somebody else. Oh Lord, how do we do it here? So, ended up living in Mangari Bridge. And we thought, oh well, we'll put a, a notice on the community notice board in Mangari Bridge Centre. <laughs> you know, if you want to hear about Jesus, you know, we'll be at the coffee bar at such and such a time. And you know, so we sat in the coffee bar. See, what we were doing was saying, come to us, come to us. But what does Jesus say? Go, go, go to the people. So we had to learn how to do that. So we went out with an evangelist for a, for a little while just to see what he did and just to get used to being on the streets and meeting people. Um, this seems crazy, doesn't it, when we were missionaries overseas? But this is, you know what God was wanting to show us and, tell, and, you know, to go, don't expect people to come to your church or necessarily, you know. Um, he wants you out there. Um, so we had to learn to go. So we went with this evangelist, but then we came across somebody that taught us, well, what you can do is you can go and you can have a casual conversation with somebody, like maybe about the weather. Now that might turn into a meaningful conversation. So that might be about your family or about some problem that you're having or they're having. Then that might turn into a spiritual conversation where you say things like, well, can I pray for you? Or you talk about the Lord and his answers. Or you give them, as Keith said, a story that relates to their situation and what's God telling them. It's kind of like letting them discover God you're not necessarily hammering them. You're just, you know, slowly asking the Holy Spirit to work in their lives and you might just be a part of a chain, but you're actually, you know, getting, wanting to look for that person of peace that God's already working in, who's hungry, who wants to know. Because except as God draws them, they can't come. But if we're not out there, we, you know, we're not meeting people that are hungry or people that want to know, or people that are just, you know, they're just on a journey. We, we're part of that journey. Um, so at the stall, uh, at the market there, we got to know some of the stall holders and some of the, just the ordinary people that were around, uh, some of the local people. Uh, we gave out stories 
and you know, I found myself actually sharing Christ in the community, which I'd never done before. Um, and it was just wonderful that you know to come to that point where I'm actually praying for people here in the community. I'm actually talking about Jesus, um, uh, you know, in the in the community in this in the market. Um, yeah, so God wants to use just ordinary people, and you can learn to do this. You know, even just when you're at the shops or whatever, you can have a casual conversation that might turn into a meaningful conversation that you might be able to introduce something of the word to them or something of the Lord. So that's, yeah. And go in pairs. Don't necessarily just go by yourself. It's a good idea to go two by two like they did in the Bible. Um, yeah, and the first thing that happens is prayer. You know, as we've been doing this, well, I've got a heart for the people in Mungary Bridge now. It's individuals to pray for. I can, you know, I know of situations that I can pray for. Now this week we're having a prayer for Auckland. Now we all live in Auckland and you guys are featured in this. It's a week of prayer and one day is for this church. Um, what are you, the chapel? So, you know, if you'd like to join us in prayer for Auckland, pick up one of these at the, at the back there. I'll leave a few. So, you know, start, let God work in your heart to to um, bring that, uh, you know, that desire for the harvest like he does, you know, that heart for people to see them as lost, they need to be found. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this message from the chapel in Te Atatū. For more information about the chapel, please visit www.thechapel.org.nz or email info at thechapel.org.nz dot nz